Kia ora, I'm Karen O'Leary and this is Full Disclosure. We're going to talk to politicians, builders, actors, writers and media personalities to find out how coming out was for them. This podcast is bursting with pride to be supporting Rainbow Youth. Joining me in the Full Disclosure studio is Phil Jamison. Phil works as a flight attendant for Qantas, but prior to this, Phil was a builder. In 2021, Phil was awarded the Central South Island Master Builders Apprentice of the Year, quite possibly the first gay man to ever be awarded a Master Builders Apprentice of the Year award. His time building was that he never came out for the whole five years he built and hid who he was, and I remember him specifically saying to me, you are not gay, like, no matter what, do not tell your boss that that's who you were. I'm very excited to talk to you, Phil, so welcome. Thank you, it's great to be here. Christchurch and the building industry, and then gay. I mean, how did those three things mix together for you? I just always had a passion for construction and building, and in Christchurch, with the rebuild of Mm. the city, there was huge opportunity for getting into the building industry when I wanted to do it. just felt like the time was right, and I made made the was sick of what I was doing at the time, working in retail, and made the switch and got into a building job. When you were thinking about going into the trades, getting a building apprenticeship, were you out as being gay at that time? Yeah, so while I was working in retail, I was always really out and open with with everyone and my friends and family and everyone Mm -hmm. I worked with. And um, it was really scary, the thought of going into building. And that Mm -hmm. was sort of the biggest thing that held me back for so long from wanting to do it when I was younger is because I wasn't sure what it was going to be like. Yeah, of course. When you first started up, how was that experience? How did, how did it go? Tell me the story. So I sort of got put onto this job from another guy who was also gay and his time building was that he never came out for the whole five years he built and had who he was, and mm. um, I remember him specifically saying to me, you are not gay, like, no matter what, do not oh, tell your out. boss that that's who you were. But that wasn't me, so on my first day, I remember my foreman, like, I, I was super nervous because, you know, first day, my foreman just said to me, he's like, oh, do you have a, a girlfriend? I was like, no, and then like, a minute later, he was like, do you have a boyfriend? It's like, yeah, yeah, I do. Oh. And that was that was it. And then uh, I had the that was that was my foreman, and I just had the best time working with him. He was always so interested in um, what I get up to, and he was fantastic. And then he told my boss about me, and that I was really nervous because he knew mm. my boss would be okay. And my boss took me to the side the next time I seen him, and he just said that he's doesn't care that I'm gay, if I ever have any issues um, mm. with it with anyone to let him know and that he will sort them out. His previous guy that worked for him, my friend that put me onto the job, that he was quite upset that that his situation, that he didn't come out to right, him yeah. the, all that time he worked for him and that he could have. You know, he just stressed that I need to be myself every day at work. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to be the best employee or be, perform the way he Absolutely. needs me to, yeah. Oh, well, that sounds again, really positive. And I guess as well that for that boss, you know, even knowing that this this friend of yours hadn't been able to come out or hadn't felt comfortable enough to be able to come out, but then you being obviously quite brave and, and knowing that that's what you had to do, to get that support must have been pretty massive, I guess, as well, because it probably doesn't happen all of the time. Yeah, I don't think it would happen all of the time. And I, I was just really lucky that 
my boss was just really open-minded and super cool guy. And I wouldn't have done it any other way if I had said that on my first day and it had been an issue, I would have... I, if I couldn't have been resolved and it was personality clashes, yeah. I would have yeah. just left. But I was just really lucky that that experience wasn't like that. Builders now getting pretty, you know, a lot younger. You know, the older style building and sort of the stuff you hear that, you know, happens. I think it happens a lot less because everyone that's coming through now is a lot younger. A bit more switched yeah. on and not so discriminatory. You know, they've grown up in a different world, really you had a really lucky experience. Would you presume that there would still be lots of pockets within the building industry where maybe that wouldn't be as easy for people coming coming on board and, and being openly out? I know across sort of the trades industry, other trades people that aren't out and that their sort of experience is different. I guess it's a lot of small things, like they might have been unsure at first and then they just hear discriminatory comments. Just the way people talk and it's made them uncomfortable to want to come out and then they're left with a situation that either they leave and try start again and then come out in a new job yeah. or they just sort of hang on and live their life yeah, away is, from work. You know, and I guess even in my generation, you know, they're just all those throwaway comments that get made, you know, even in sports teams or wherever it is about being a poofter or being, being gay or being this, you know, straight people will just chuck around willy-nilly. Willy-nilly was good to use, wasn't it, with you, Phil? Did you like that? Yeah, <laughs> Okay, great. Um, yeah, so, you know, I guess it is. It's Once it's that sort of joking started and you haven't made a point of saying, actually, I'm gay, I don't find that funny, it can become really difficult, you know, once it's already become ingrained. How about your workmates? Did they care? Were they were supportive? They just were like, cool? They were really cool. They would just love hearing... They wanted like, the info, the goss. Yeah, <laughs> we, you know, when I'd go out to parties in the weekend or, you know, they wanted, they were yeah. just interested to what I'm up to because what I was doing was quite different to yeah. what they were doing. Like, I gave a lot of relationship advice and yeah. a lot of stuff <laughs> yeah. that, I mean, they, they, I don't imagine that they would talk about that with other building guys, yeah. but they felt comfortable talking to me about it. So I felt like that was kind of cool. I guess, you know, typically speaking, New Zealand blokes don't talk about their feelings. So would you think it was because as an openly and out gay man, you didn't have to fit into that bloke brief, which meant they were, that you were easier for them to talk to? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. And I could talk about my how I was feeling with them. Like I remember I went through a breakup while I was there I mean, luckily I was out, so I could just be honest mm. and tell them, you know, I you know, wasn't feeling great. It was a really tough time for me. And like I was able to sort of be vulnerable to them. And then, you know, when they had issues, I guess, because they'd seen that part of me and me being able to talk about it, that they had conversations with me and, you know, I was able to, you know, be supportive of them and sort of give them a bit of advice because... And, you know, ask them, you know, as, as other people you talk to and stuff. And they, mm. they don't, they're, they, you know, there yeah. are, but they don't do it. So it's great being able to be that person. And I enjoy, you know, if I can give back to anyone, you know, I will. Yeah, well, so. and I think that's a really good example of something positive that's come out of you being yourself. And then also being someone that potentially doesn't fit into the, the stereotypical builder mould means that you've, you've provided really good levels of support and an, an opportunity for people to talk about stuff that they wouldn't normally talk about. So full credit to you, Phil. Yeah. Not only are you a builder, you're a relationship fixer, flight attendant. Yeah. <laughs> In terms of when you when you did come out, obviously, did you think it changed any of your relationships or your friendships with your family or anything like that? Or was it generally for you a positive experience? The people I was friends with then, 
like my school friends, they kind of quickly became not my friends anymore. It wasn't because Mm. they weren't good people. I think it's because I suddenly went through quite a change and became a different person, I guess, because I started to become who I thought that I should be and not myself. What do you mean? Who did you think you should be? I think I went more stereotypically gay young guy and, you know, started dressing a bit more flamboyant and it was what my the new sort of group of people I met were doing. Like I was getting influenced by a new group of people and I sort of started to, you know, shape myself to be around what they were and not, you know, who I was. Yeah, and I guess it's that whole thing of I don't fit in here but I want to fit in there. So then you're still having to try and fit in and not be necessarily true to yourself because you're still trying to fit in just in a different area. Is there anything that you would have done differently if you had to do it all over again? Yes, probably what I would have done differently is I should have should have started building earlier than I did. Yep. I shouldn't have held back till when I did. Once I was into it, I just loved it and enjoyed it so much that I kind of was kicking myself that I hadn't have done it four or five years beforehand. And you're obviously quite good at it because you won that award that in fact I presented to you, didn't you? Yeah, yes, I know. Yes, an, you did. A, yeah. <laughs> Let's just rewind a, a little bit because I want to know more about this being out and being gay and how that came to be for you. I had quite a diverse upbringing. I've actually got two mums and I've got um, three siblings, so an older brother and two older sisters. Growing up with two mums around me kind of made the situation when I realised that I was gay a little bit more difficult because I didn't want people to think that I was gay because oh. my parents were gay. True, yeah. Um, Whereas you'd think, I, you know, from first impressions, I'd have thought, oh, well, obviously it would be easy for you because you, you lived in that environment where obviously your parents were gay. But yeah. that was a, a concern for you. It was definitely um, a bit hard at school, I guess, as people sort of found out that I had two mums. And then a few years later when, you know, they found out that I was gay, I was really worried that people were going to, think that they might have influenced me or that I was just doing it because that's how I was brought up and where I knew that that wasn't the case. That's just who I am. Absolutely. Did you get much attention for the fact that you had two mums? Not really. My mums sort of really made an effort to protect who they were Mm. and keep like there's, you know, there's the mums groups and stuff and I guess they wanted to see as long as possible that it was something that was kept private. And then um, I guess as I got into my early teens, the, you know, word got out and people yeah. started to talk. So it was something then um, at the time. But looking back at it, there was no easy way for it to to happen. Yeah, and I guess yeah. maybe that's potentially part of the problem some of the time is there is this feeling that we need to hide aspects of who we are because other people are going to have a problem with it. Yeah, absolutely. So then how old were you when you thought, do you know what? I'm pretty sure I'm gay. I think I was probably about 12 or 13 years old when I really started to understand that the way other guys felt about girls, Mm. I didn't have the same feelings. I had a lot of friends that were girls. I didn't see them in a way that I wanted to be anything more than friends when yeah. other guys were talking about girlfriends and stuff and I was sort of interested in guys but I just didn't understand what that was. So I actually met someone my age online through Bebo. We chatted online and he went to another school 
and he was, I think he was about 14 and I was 13 and we met up and he was out with his family and he sort of said that I had to come out, put me in a position that I didn't really want to be in at the time and um, was really hard and, you know, pressured into coming out because mm. that's what he thought I had to do. Because of that, I I had told someone at school mm-hmm. and then they had told um, other people and it got out at school before it got out at home. Oh. And then I had to come home and have that conversation with my mum and you know, tell her about myself yep. and what was going on at school. And how did it go? How was that? How did that conversation go? Mum's first response was go get the bottle of wine out of the fridge. Fair call. We had a chat and it was quite emotional. Sort of had to explain that I had met up with someone online, which looking back now is probably not the best thing to do when you're 14. But that's the, <laughs> but, the, the world people live in these yeah. days, isn't it? Yeah, that, I, don't, I don't even know what Bebo was when you said it. I was yeah, just trying to be kind well, of... It was, well, it was before Facebook, sort of. Like MySpace. Yeah, yeah, I think that yeah, was one of those but, ones, but I'm a boomer, but you know. Yeah. Um, people my age will know what it is. Both of your mums were there? I told my mum first, yep. and then when mum's um, partner got home, right. the news was shared that there was something she needed to know. They were really good and supportive of it, but they really stressed that it was going to be a difficult mm time of my life, that coming out this one time was never going to be the only time I come out and that essentially it's going to be the rest of my life that you're going to come out continuously and it's going to have different reactions and in, in different situations. Yeah, I mean, that's very true, isn't it? I guess if you happen to be someone that is straight, you don't have to come out every time you meet someone and say, oh, by the way, I'm straight. Yeah. You know, people don't say, oh, so when did you realise you were straight? Yeah. It's never a conversation that really happens, is it? No. What about at school? Was there any, any difficulties there? So high school was pretty tough. I was at an all-boys Catholic school. It Yikes. wasn't taken very well from really anyone. Mm. Uh, it's definitely a lot of bullying at the school. Made my time there mm. hard, and yeah. definitely made the a decision that I would be that I'd leave school as sort of as soon as I was right. old enough that I could do that. Tried to get some support from the school, and they just didn't know how to how to deal with it, and they didn't really want to offer support to me at the time. They said they hadn't had this situation happen at their school before. That the, This is a Catholic this, boys' school yeah. and they'd never, ever had any gayness. Yeah, they, they weren't sure what to do. So sort of that leaving school might have been the better option. And sort of oh, right. I, I did leave right at the start of year 12. Yep. But then after I left school, I actually got messages from guys that were at my school who were gay as well. And mm. they reached out to me. Everyone knew my name because I was the gay kid at school. Right. Yeah, yeah. My understanding is that sort of after then, you know, a lot, you know, people people came out and then might have might have started a bit yeah. of a movement. Yeah, I was going to say, so you're almost a bit of a trailblazer <laughs> yeah. in a way and it wasn't entirely positive. Well, it didn't sound positive for you at all, but at least it meant that that school had to start shifting its attitudes and surely a school of all places should yeah. be somewhere where you feel included and you can be who you want to be as long as you're not doing anything that's having a negative impact on someone else, then why would you not be allowed to be who you want to be? Yeah, I mean, and you know, it's sort of 12 years ago that this was happening. I think we had come a long way, but not as far as we've, we've come even yeah. further now. Exponentially, like, yeah. yeah. 
Prepare for an unfiltered journey through the harsh realities of infertility. My name's Nadine Higgins. I'm a broadcaster, a journalist, and I've been trying to make a baby with my husband. That's me. I'm Dan. And we reckon infertility is lonely enough without making it a dirty little secret. In The Human Race with Dan and Nadine Higgins, we share raw and unvarnished stories of couples who have faced the brutal truth of infertility. Unless you've been in it, it's, it's really tough and really lonely. Yeah, and also, this is really weird, but baby showers, you don't need to open the presents in front of everyone. Confronting the harsh reality that not every story has a happy ending. This very blunt, abrasive doctor who I had, you know, had not seen before, who delivered the news, just like, you'll probably never have a natural period again and you'll probably never have a baby. The Human Race, where we share the untold stories of couples in the race of their lives to create a life. I feel like I nearly missed out and I got to do it. And so I feel really lucky. So it's been incredibly positive. Listen today at stuff.co.nz slash the human race or wherever you get your podcasts. The Human Race is proudly brought to you by Elevate. It's your mum and her partner. Yeah. Were they together from when you were young or? Uh, no, so I had mum and dad when I was growing up until I was about six or seven years old. Yeah. And then his partner came into the picture. Quite an interesting story how they met. Mum's partner was my oldest sister's school teacher. And I think at parent-teacher interviews, it was, uh, that's enough about your daughter. What about you? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay, this is a fantastic story. We won't ask for the name of the school. Yeah. Obviously, we'll keep that private and confidential. So then they had this parent-teacher interview and then they thought, hang on, we quite like each other. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's that's what I sort of think happened. Your mum, was she bisexual or did she, was this her first foray into Lesbianism? Yeah, as far as, as far as I'm aware. We'd have to ask your mum that. I'll give her a call after um, this. I, I guess it was just they were the right people for each yeah. other and what they needed at that time and it just, you know, really, really worked for them and I was able to have a really great upbringing from there with um, really supportive parents. And yeah. Oh, that's great. And, so, and they're still together, are they? Yes, yes, still together now. Marvellous. Well, a big hello to those guys. I'm sure they'll be listening. Do you remember as a child when your mum got a female partner thinking, that's different, or this is going to be tricky, or I don't know if I understand this, or was it just something that happened? Well, they didn't tell me. They were flatmates and staying in the same room. I said the same thing to my son. And I really didn't know the situation. My siblings knew that they were together, but I guess they didn't know whether I was old enough, or so Mm. they didn't hadn't told me, but I did find out through another one of my siblings, and it was quite difficult to deal with just because I didn't didn't know. Did you talk to them about that or did it just become something that became your your norm? I asked them. Which is pretty a, please, brave for a young... Please explain yeah. Yeah. what's going on here. But it did take a while for yeah. me to come to terms with that situation. Then I guess that complicated it for me coming out because I remember them not telling me. Mm. And I was like, oh, is that, you know, do I not tell them or... Yeah, and then on top of that, feeling a bit forced into doing it by this Bebo guy. Yeah. What about your dad? How did he take the... The change of my mum, yeah, not great. Although he was with it in another relationship mm. and uh, and remarried, I think he struggled to sort of comprehend the whole situation. Yeah, and he he didn't deal with it that great. And I guess it's like you know, even when you're a child and you've got two parents of any description, if a breakup does happen and a new partner comes onto the scene, regardless of whether it's a same sex partner or a or a 
a straight relationship, there's always going to be that change and that transition period of, of getting to know a new person that's that's in your life all the time. How was your dad when, when you came out? Did you come out at the same time to him as you did to your mum and your partner? No, I didn't. haven't had a very close relationship right. with my father. And I hadn't... I'd, I'd told my siblings and I believe that they might have... Right mentioned it to him and because of the way he sort of was with my mum I wasn't really too keen to share too much about my life with him. I think he's come a long way since then and we do talk a little bit more than we used to in the past but I guess him being a little bit difficult with who who I was and not really talking to me about it and kind of then when I do talk to him he tries to overcompensate and be too accepting and say that he has right, yep. gay friends or he knows <laughs> Some of my best a gay friends person. Are gay. Yep. Like yep. it's kind of a bit, makes it a bit awkward for me because like he's, I can tell he's just trying to overcorrect. Rather yeah. than just being, you know, that full genuine acceptance. Yeah. Or, oh, that's who you are. Great. Yeah, Let's just talk about building or talk about the rugby. And now you've gone into being a flight attendant, which some might argue, stereotypically, <laughs> men, male flight attendants... Would they? Would you think maybe the percentages in terms of gay flight attendants would be higher than builders? Yes, absolutely. Well, I was quite surprised when I went through my training school that of the five guys, I was the only gay man in the training <laughs> school. It was very it's surprising. like being a builder again. <laughs> yeah. I think guys just love the, the travel opportunity. You know, it's, it's quite a fun job. I just wanted to quickly, just before we finish this chat, because I heard that you, um, you're an amazing blindside flanker. I love the fact that when I said which one are you, blindside or open side, you didn't actually know, but I, you knew that you were number six, which meant I knew that you were blindside flanker. And who did you play for? So I played for the Heroes rugby team in Christchurch. What are they all about? Yeah, so it's a gay, inclusive rugby team. It was a rugby team at the time. It's now a touch rugby team. Just before I started building, I thought that I should do something a bit manly so that I'd have something to talk about when I... When you're with the, in with case the someone asked oh, me about, so that was really someone, one of the reasons. Yeah. The reason I was like, okay, I can talk rugby with in these. In case people. someone asked me about rugby, I wanted to know something. Still don't know anything now. You're a blindside flanker, uh, Phil. Blindside um, flanker. That team had just been set up, and a friend of mine was playing, and he asked me if I wanted to come down to one of their practices. Went down to a practice, and then on Saturday I was playing rugby. Well, and there you go. First no, time and, ever. And I heard that your team was very successful in the league they were playing in. <laughs> well, they tried very we, hard. We tried hard. There was a lot of effort. People say you get an A for effort, don't they? Yeah, You just yeah. don't get many trophies. Just, is there anything, you, any advice you'd give to your young self, the high school self or even a younger self? Do everything. Take, take, yeah. take every opportunity, do everything and, um, you know, don't have any regrets. Yeah. And the things you might think you'll regret at the time, sort of in the future, you'll see them as a learning experience. Brilliant and advice. Can, can, can sort of laugh about stuff when you're older yeah everyone makes mistakes absolutely (laughs) solid advice there from phil i'll take that on board all right thank you so much phil it's been lovely chatting to you and um you have such a nice rest of your day and rest of your week and rest of your year and whole life yeah thanks so much thanks for having me in it's been a pleasure talking to you thank you thank you this was full disclosure thank you so much for listening this podcast is created by Kate Langdon and produced by Kate Langdon and Mark Ehire, with audio mixed by Jess Valor and original music by Eilish Wilson.
you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, The Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you. Each week we showcase one of our excellent pieces of journalism, telling important or entertaining stories from the world of crime, sport, history, culture and more. You also get to hear from the journalists themselves about how they uncovered the story and how it came to life. So for your weekly dose of long-form journalism, beautifully read, subscribe to The Long Read From Stuff wherever you get your podcasts. I think you're conflating a whole bunch of issues. You don't want to be held to account well, no, on I, I, rising child no, abuse numbers. You can manipulate crime statistics. I, I promised I wouldn't have a tattoo about gotcha journalism. Hang into the National Party's no, attack line there. That, that, I think that it would be a resignation offence if I didn't deliver tax reduction. It, it, yeah, we're, I'm not worried about it at all. Nothing iffy in there. That sits with you perfectly fine. That's what, we're, that's what we're focused on. Whatever happens in politics, the weird, the wonderful, the important, the thought-provoking, we got you. Listen to Tova wherever you get your podcasts.